Welcome to the corner of the round table. I've got the Oracle and Corbs here today. Uh, we're going to quickly have a chat about that fantastic weekend in sport that just went past, and then we're going to get into the racing with the Oracle boys. How you going? How was the How was your weekend? Yeah, mum's good. Didn't do a great deal. Just sat at sat at home, watched the races, watched those five group ones at Rose Hill, and then uh, that All Star Mile at Mini Valley was good. And then rolled straight into the footy. Oh yeah, the footy. I was pretty non-eventful. I worked most of it. But yeah, watched a fair bit of the racing and straight to the footy as well. Yeah, and Leon Leon um, Edwards oh, winning. How good was that? That was so good, so good. Uh, now a bit of a bit of a shocking week on the punt though. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest weekend on the punt. No, unfortunately. No. Got a couple of outsiders getting up. I know a couple of the boys that had a, a, a decent, decent win on a couple of horses, which was good. And um, I think I got my assessment wrong with a few races, but again, it's another weekend, another set of Group Ones coming around in this autumn carnival. So, plenty of money to be made. Yeah, and we are uh, our footy, a uh, compounding footy bet is doing pretty well. Uh, actually, did pretty well with the AFL. Dano's not here today. He's actually in New Zealand. Um, but our footy bet's rolling around along nicely. Um, he does it done really well. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm excited for an, to roll again this week. Keep rolling. Uh, Should we get into that now, just quickly while we're onto it? Yeah. Well, do you want to do? Is? Do you want to do our wanker of the week? Yeah, let's get that. Let's get that going. We've got a guest. Uh, we've got a guest speaker's wanker of the week this week. <laughs> My missus told me she had a wanker of the week, so. All right, so Tish, you said you had a wanker of the week. You wanted to share with us? Yes, I have a nomination for wanker of the week. And who is it? You actually <laughs> haven't told me yet. <laughs> it's Tyson, Tyson Gamble, wanker of the week. Yep, that's a, that's a good one. Why? Because he's a grub. Do you have a grub of the week sector? Well, they can fall. They probably fall under the same banner. Yeah. What? Do, why? Why? What did he do? Um. I feel like in the last game he played last weekend, he there was somebody else on the other team made a mistake and he just like stood over them and laughed at them, like really obnoxiously and rudely. And he's done that to the t- the Tigers as well. And what? And oh, didn't he? Some, didn't somebody try and punch him because of it? Who? True. I think it? I think he's uh, getting punched in the face is a long. T- it's been a long time coming for him. But didn't he nearly get punched recently? Uh, Remember nah, how I don't think a, it's happened no, yet. No, there was a bit of a scuffle and somebody. Oh, uh, I don't. Was think it he's, the Tigers? He needs he needs a full on flogging. Do you remember that though? Yeah, I remember like a few scuffles. But what did you say to me about um <coughs> in that game the Dolphins one? He used to play for the Dolphins too. That's before he played for Brisbane. Do you, what did you say to me about him being? Uh, you thinking he was English? Oh yeah, he looks English. He's got a real English face, and I thought he, he looks. What did I say? It was like he. He, his face is acceptable if he was English, but because he's not English, he's a bit of a grub. So if he, was, if he was English, that he just he, looks that, like a regular th- English bloke. 
like a normal guy who you'd probably like get along with. But because if he was English, if he was English, but because he's not English, he's he's got a fucked head. <laughs> no, he just has a face that you want to punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's an interesting theory. Yeah. I I think because before you hear him talk, you'd think he was English, right? Well, he's got the he's yeah. He definitely looks more English than Australian. Yeah. But you think that behavior would be fine if he was English? No, nothing about his behavior. Just his, just, just the way his, his head looks. Yeah, just just the way he looks. Yeah. That behavior is not acceptable, no matter what where you're from. I reckon. So if you if you saw that guy <coughs> at a party and then someone just introduced you, and then you immediately he started talking to you with an Australian accent, you you'd immediately be like, "Oh, this guy's actually a fuckhead." I thought he was English. <laughs> Mate, no. That's what you're saying. Maybe if he was wearing his football outfit as well. <laughs> All right. It, maybe if he was in just regular civilian clothes, I wouldn't think. No, that's a good. That's it's a good nomination. Yeah. Thanks, thanks okay. for sharing it. Okay. I appreciate it. Bye bye. <laughs> so yeah, that's. A, I think that's a that's a lock for the wanker of the week. There, Tyson Gamble. Would you guys agree? Yeah, he had to get does, in at some stage anyway. He was did, does that mean Joey Manu gets an honourable mention for doing the same thing against South? That got that fourth man from South sent off the fourth man in or whatever it was. Oh, Cheekham came in with the straight arm. Yeah, but he was like the fourth or, or third or fourth man in, and he's the one who gets sent off. I'm pretty, pretty sure Cam, Cam Murray was the first one to get in there, so I thought he might get <laughs> So, uh, yeah, because uh, well, he stood over him. I thought that that was appropriate because Cheekham ran it. Like, it took me a bunch of replays to kind of see exactly what had happened, but Cheekham ran in, like, yeah, fourth man in with a full straight arm fist. And just like landed it right on Joey Manu's eye, which I thought mm. was like a really big dog shot. And then Joey's eye moused up. Yeah. So because then because didn't Manu he smashed Isaiah uh, Isaiah Tass and yeah. then stood over him and like did a real Jerome Luai dog act and then Cam Murray came in and then um, who else? Someone else came. In. Maybe who else came in? I know. Um, he, what did you say, Cheekham or whatever is how we pronounce it. Yeah. And then did um did Cody Walker come in as well? Oh, he would have. Cody Walker would have been I can't in there remember, for but sure. There was three or four South players that came in. But I, I don't know. I didn't think Joey's uh, shot was that bad. Oh, oh I certainly seen worse. I think it was the I think it was the aftermath that was everyone was blown up. About I think the thing. problem with uh, Tyson Gamble is that he he does that. He stands over people and starts yelling in their face when they like uh, drop the ball and like yeah. make errors and stuff like that. And he does it like every game, the whole game. He was real lippy when he was with the Bronx. Yeah, wasn't he? How's he was doing it against Redcliffe and that was his team before he <laughs> got in the NRL. Not that he probably played with any of those blokes, but he is one of the biggest wankers in the NRL, does, that's for sure. So it's, does, a, it's does about he still time. Have, does he still have the hair like Beetlejuice? You know when he gets real wet and it gets real haggard behind him? <laughs> nah, nah. It's not. Is he's that? got he's got a Johnny Unitas cut. <laughs> Who's that? Who's Tyson <laughs> Gamble. What's oh, the- he's fucking got like some sort of... Like rat mohawk. It's full Johnny Unitas, like real <laughs> set your watch to it haircut. You know, he'd be wearing like a really, really tight V-neck yeah. as well when he goes out. Yeah. 
and like skinny fucking, jeans or, or or like old Tarakash jeans that are like <laughs> yeah real either really skinny yeah or like um with ones with like 30 rips in them you know yeah. to try to look hot and he'd be a real lippy cunt real fucking lippy <laughs> <laughs> it's an excellent. That is an excellent um, wanker of the week. From I can't Tishner. stand Tyson Gamble. No, I never really liked him when he was at the Bronx either. No, nah, the Bronx are my team. Yeah, me. No, I couldn't. Yeah, that was. It was painful watching him play for the Broncos. Yeah. Um. That's why I can. I feel for Knights fans now that they've got to have that guy on their side. Him like, and Hastings as a halves pairing is the. Like the grubbiest pairing. See, I don't mind. I don't mind Hastings. <laughs> yeah, Hastings just looks so grubby. And oh, apparently, apparently everyone at every team reckons he's a fucking cockhead. Yeah, they don't like him. <laughs> nah. Uh, no, he's not well liked in NRL circles. Nah, so he, he must be a cockhead. Must be a wanker. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't mind I don't, how he plays either. No, I don't. I think he's. But I actually think he's kind of like a good. He seems like a good bloke. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, because I just haven't seen him do anything that would that would like make. Well, we don't know, you know. Like there it. must be a fair bit of stuff behind in the sheds. Yeah, there probably is. I just um behind shed doors. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Those the fucking knights are in trouble, man. Fucking hell. oh, a hundred percent. Like, what the hell are they doing with Ponga? I reached out to some uh, of the uh, Newcastle contingent and just to see if there was any word getting around town because I found that like down there. Uh, they seem to like hear a lot about like what's going on in the footy club, and um, they didn't have. I, I just tried to find out if they heard how long Ponga was going to be out, and they didn't know. They, there was nothing. They've been keeping it under wraps down there. Because it's the minimum, isn't it? The twelve days or something like that with yeah, the NRL. Like yeah, the eleven, eleven. Yeah, but there's talk, Oracle, that he's out for the rest of the year. Wouldn't surprise me. Like, are they oh. going to follow a similar route to um? Uh, what was the Pekoski? You know the the opening batsman. Oh yeah, I think I think um that the same thing happened with like Keary, Luke Keary. Remember Keary? Mm. He plays yeah, for the he Roosters. Was out he was out for like uh, he got a head knock early in the season, took the rest of the year off. I think it wasn't last year, the year before, was it? Oh, uh, remember? Yeah, it was two a years cup, ago. Not last year, the year before. Year before, yeah. But I um I heard the other day that uh, Kalen Pong has had six concussions and uh, like bad ones, there's category ones, whatever you call them. And uh, James Tedesco's had like seven throughout his career. And he's still ripping and tearing. I just think it's pretty crazy if they, um, if they keep him out for the rest of this year, what's he on? Like over $1.2 million? 1.2, I think. Somewhere like that in that vicinity. That's a a pretty crazy to keep a guy out for that long. Uh, I'd almost think he's one of the highest paid in NRL. Yeah, he'd have to be. In the top three, for sure. And then their whole season's fucked because they're not going to win games without him. No. Nah. No, nah, he's him and Brayley, and you could probably say to a lesser extent, Safidi and um, Frizzell are like their, their go-tos. And I think all uh, all of them out bar Brayley this weekend. Yeah, Brayley's back. Yeah, they're cooked. They're fucked. Yeah, it's so bad, though. Like a big, a, big spoon. They've got hot, their hot runners. For their the spoon, spoon vibes. Tyson big, Gamble in there too. God, oh, Man, they, big the, Newca- spoon. the poor Newcastle face, faithful have got to sit there and watch Tyson Gamble fucking be a, the biggest wanker of all time on the field every week for them. I feel so sorry for them, man. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a night supporter right now. And also, 
they keep playing Phoenix Crossland even when they are at full strength. He seems to find his way into the 14. <laughs> and besides, like, Tyrone Wishart, he is probably the worst <laughs> player in the league, I reckon. <laughs> oh, Wishart is just another level but of how, shit. But how, how the hell has Phoenix Crossland... I reckon I've seen him in that night side for three years, just constantly fucking up, like, just full of errors, just brain explosions all the time, shithouse defence... And somehow he keeps get making the fucking team. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just madness. Like, what are they doing down there? How do they not have any stock coming through that's better than a Phoenix Crossland? I don't know. Fucked. Who knows? Yeah, I worry. I worry about the Knights because I do have a soft spot for them. For them, and it's uh, I hate to see it. I hate to see what's going on. Yeah, Dragney's the first coach on the chopping block. I am surprised he's still got his job. If you're playing so, Phoenix Crossland that much, I very surprised you still got your job. Unless Phoenix Crossland's like his son or something. With like a Brad Arthur, Kevin Walters type thing. You know? <laughs> that goes on a bit. That's the I hate that too. When the when the sons of the coaches get runs, like it's fucking it's not under fifteens, it's the NRL. Stop, unless, stop you're, unless, you're Nathan, Cleary, unless you're Nathan five. Cleary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. If, well, yeah, but obviously he's, he's the good. Only, yeah. If you're the shit son. That's like the, that's like the coach getting a run because of the son. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's yeah. way more in that direction, that's, I think. That's the opposite. But, if you, but you can't, like, this is not fucking club football, like, for teenagers. If you're, if you're an, uh, the average son, you can't play your average son in your NLL side. Nah, I will say, but do you reckon Billy's been a bit better? A, a, little a little bit, bit better, better than last year. But his service is fucking nah, shit Pakes, Yeah, Pakes' service is better. Yeah, he's playing like with a, with as, as hard as he can, Billy. Like he's playing with a lot of hard. But uh, he's just, I just don't think he's up to that level. No. Nah. No, nah, me either. And then you, they let they let go of someone like Turpin, who's not like a world beater, but he goes to, his service is like, is like NRL nine and standard service, and he t- and he tackles the house down. Yeah, like why would you get like why would you get rid of him for your son? No. Nah. Nah. Anyway, blood. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, well we so we we had our money on uh, Brisbane and Sydney last week, and that that rolls on. We um yeah that was I oh, know we we only did Brisbane. Well, well, yeah, but but yeah, we call yeah, Bris- we, yeah. we call Brisbane Sydney. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're heading into this week, and we put our money on early this week on um, what what day did we put it on? Sunday night. <laughs> well, Sunday, I think, I think it was Sunday. Sunday, <laughs> Sunday we got on uh, Sydney, who were playing Hawthorne after the Bombers thrashed Hawthorne. No, we did it while the Bombers were thrashing Hawthorne <laughs> to try and still get a price, and then we also went Brisbane to beat the Dolphins. So. That's an absolute. Those two are an absolute lock. So I can't. I'm not worried about that money this week at all. Nah. And we'll be, yeah, we'll be either. We'll be up to three. Ton, we'll be up to over three hundred if it gets up, which is great. We're rolling along. That's when the starts to really compound. Mm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when we get it up to a thousand, we start. Then we're starting oh, to tick over. Starting you know? to make five hundred bucks every minimum. So like round ten, we might have it to a thousand if we don't fuck up. Oh, way way before. Yeah. 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 Have you guys got have you guys got an idea about what figure you're gonna um cash out at? I think no. I think yeah, no, not really. <laughs> but what what did we discuss last week just quickly? We're like because Dano was so worried that his AFL multi uh, leg was gonna cook us, so 
I think we'll like sort of just spitball them with like once it gets to a thousand, we'll take half out. Yeah. And then um, just fucking put it all on a multi. It'd probably be smart to do that. <laughs> It'd be smart to take half out just so we can reload if we blow it. Because what, what did we end up doing with the punters club? Remember we had this similar sort of bet that didn't re- we only had one really good win streak with it? There's too, Adam, there's what, just too what, many what retard, too many retards in the pundits club. I think with um, oh, it's like the last man standing. Yeah, what did we end up? What did we end up cashing out at? Because we got it pretty high, didn't we? I can't even remember the figure now. I uh, have to go back and look. Well, I can't remember. But the, is that the last man standing bet we had in the pundits club? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So our pundits club has got uh, what is it thirty something people in it? Yeah, just over thirty. <laughs> yeah, and let's be honest. What do you reckon? Eighty percent of them shit house punters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably look around that. And yeah, with like maybe like seventy of the percent of those eighty percent like don't punt. <laughs> I yeah, they always forget, or, always or, or just forget. like oh, a minimum fifty percent just don't punt ever. Like I reckon mm-hmm. they don't punt on their phones or just anything. But they're just in, they're in it for the lunches, which I understand. But you can tell you can tell that when they're weak to bet rocks up and you see what they. Yeah. Throw up on the in the group. You can tell they don't know what they're doing. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm surprised we Adam got, Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Morgan's fifteen leg AFL same <laughs> game mul- disposal <laughs> Always always on a lot always on the lines. <laughs> um but I uh, yeah, I, I don't know how we got any, did any got to any sort of like uh amount with our last man standing bet in, in that group. That's amazing. We just had a really, really good run, I think, where it's just like, you know how there's a few sure things that just pop up, like teams are in form and it's just like, all right, storm at a dollar twenty, done. And you just we just rolled it through and it just accumulated. Everyone was actually patient and didn't make any stupid decisions for once. Yeah, well yeah, I think wow. once our discussion's gonna get way more thorough once we're up to a grand, I reckon. I reckon we oh, even yeah. go further than a grand before we take anything out. Yeah, well I wonder what or, or even or even at a grand we take we could take 400 out and then play with the 600. Then each person on the potty then has an individual $100 last man standing. Well, the thing is, I, I kind of want to like re- keep it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. What, what, did you just shake off, Brent? That was Brogs. He just yeah, shake your jowls. He always comes downstairs and like checks up on me. It's like he's like, say, you're all right. And then he goes back upstairs and he's a weirdo up there. <laughs> always does it. Bronx. It's a Good great Bronxy. Great name. Do um, Bronx. Do Bronx. Charles de Bronx. Uh, it's, well, anyway, that's enough of our um, <laughs> chat about our <laughs> hopes and dreams for our, <laughs> <laughs> our well, listeners. Com- love it. Compounding. Our, our rollover bet. <laughs> well, I could, I could sit here all night and talk about how much money we're going to turn that. Hundred dollars into what we're gonna do with it, <laughs> but we should get what well, should we get into the uh, should we get into the racing? Might be too. Okay. All right. So, what have you got for us with um, last week? Just- uh, well, just do a little review of the bets. Um, I think she needed the run. You couldn't um, question Jimmy Orman's ride. He got her somehow across from Barry 14. I think it ended up jumping with Barry 11 or 12. We're talking about isotope. isotope. Yeah. Isotope. Yeah. Got across, sat outside 
which she's done many times before. So it wasn't like we were worried about her getting caught in traffic. She loomed up at the, the I say probably the two fifty mark, and then she just ran out of gas. And it was interesting. I'm, I did obviously recommend everyone listen to to Tony Gollan's uh, last final gallop, and he all but declared her on that as well. So I was like, oh, trial was nice. He came out and said there'll be no excuses for it, even if it's the barrier. And then she just didn't salute. So I'm not sure whether she's at a crossroads in her career now, whether it's um, it's one of those things where we just start to see her quietly retire or whether Tony Golan persists. It'll, it'll be interesting to, to see where they go and whether they just put her out for a spell, try and get her conditioning up and then aim for, I guess, our winter carnival. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, right. I actually uh, was busy, so I didn't get to watch that race, but i um, sure it was disappointing. She got third, didn't she? Hung on for third? No, I think she got she got mauled over maybe even fourth, I'm not oh, sure. Okay. But either either way, she um she loomed up. She could have put them away if she was like anywhere near her best, but she wasn't and as simple as that. Couldn't really question it. Yeah, all right. And uh another one that was disappointing was uh alligator blood. Yeah, it, it, the race didn't pan out exactly how I, I suspected it would. Like we had Nugget kick up from underneath. We had obviously Keats kick up from the inside barrier and lead. And then Gentleman Roy just jumped like so well. So he actually he actually got ahead of Alligator Blood, which I didn't have in, in my map, which was interesting. And then a bit of a bumping duel around the bend. Uh, lot, maybe lost a little bit of momentum, but I don't think it cost him the race. And then horses like Mr. Brightside came down the outside and, and snatched it. I thought Cascadian was enormous considering – his racing pattern is horrific. He's I don't think he's ever been to the the valley before and he's he's snatched uh, a placing there and he goes into this Australian Cup this weekend um, at his preferred distance and at his preferred track and I think he's going to be really hard to beat in that group one. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I guess Mr. Brightside was kind of like building towards that with those yeah, previous two sure. runs. And I think had, it, had this race been at a different track, not Mooney Valley, I would have lent more his way. Upon reflection, I probably would have sat back and gone, yeah, Flemington and, and Sandown would have been better suited for him at the mile. But um, Mooney Valley, I just thought tight-fitting track. I thought his run in um, in uh, over the spring, it was sound, it was all right. And But like you said there, Con, you could see that he was building up. And upon reflection, you sit back and you go, yeah, that was the bet to be made and, and we just didn't take it. Uh, well, that's going to happen. Um Yeah. Palacepan, that was, uh, I think we were all riding on that, uh, getting the win by the end of the day. And we took we took the overs, we took the six bucks on, on Wednesday night when we, we put it to everyone. I think it what it started, four, four, ten, four, twenty favourite or second favourite behind Zapatero. Yeah. Yeah, it, ca- it came down for sure. I thought it was nearly, it really nearly came hitting in. high threes. Then, yeah, I think it was uh, on Sportsbet that it was like 380, I think, even. Yeah, so we took the early overs. I probably should have sat back and, and thought about it and just laid it on, on Betfair for that $3 but and just got my outlay back, but I didn't. I was really confident. Um, Huey, again, another one where the, the horse didn't jump as, as well as I anticipated. Huey had it back further off midfield than I thought it would be. I actually had it parked in behind the leaders from that barrier. I think it was barrier four. But um, Zapatao got that spot, and then, as you saw by the race, Zapatao took um, – won that race and and we were left flat-footed. I think stepping up to the 1,400 plays pen will look really nice and I wouldn't surprise me if um, we see her in the winning stall over that 1,400 metres, but um, 
it was just a bet. It was just unlucky for us. And and as you saw by all those races outside of Animo, I think every horse won up the rails that day at Rose Hill. So I think once we saw that we were back so far, I didn't think we were going to win, particularly with the horses that were in front of Blaze Pen at the time. Yeah, I was at the pub with um, a mate of mine that doesn't bet and the mm-hmm. girls and we were just having some drinks watching some of those races before we went to dinner and he uh, asked me what your best was and uh, I'd said Paul Aceband and he just walks over um, to the thing and he's like, oh, can you show me how to use the uh, tab thing where you put the cash in at the pub? And I was like, yeah. And went over there and he put $100 in and he just goes and puts it straight on um, Palazepan. And I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> and he was so rattled. <laughs> didn't so yeah. I think he just expected he was going to turn that money, that 100 into 400 which is fair. That's what I thought was going to happen too. Yeah, one of those things. But that'll teach him. We don't want to scare him off it like we've done to Dano, though. Probably good for him, but. <laughs> yeah. That was like a real crossroads of his better, life. Probably better than a win, you know? <laughs> yeah. You never know. Like, we probably just could have saved his life and his future, family's future. Yeah, he could have spiraled out of control. Yeah. Could be a full heroin addict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's going to be a successful lawyer. He is so. a lawyer. Yeah, well, I knew. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, did him a favour. Lawyer, heroin addict. That, was, that were the options. And so this calls actually to say thank you. <laughs> I'll remind him. I'll remind him. Uh, so Uncommon James, um, geez, oh, I just, I was a bit bullish on him, to be honest. Yeah, well, I, I was bullish as well. And um I thought Aspora and him were both of the unlucky stories of that race. Um, Uncommon James, um, Damien Lane got off and said his inexperience cost him that race because he was very hesitant to hit that gap when he should have and he got held up for that brief moment and the momentum was obviously coming up the rails with Miramia, but he was held up at that crucial time and then Aspora was just running up bums the whole time. So it was a really good story hearing... um, Tyler Schiller get um, in, interviewed at the end of the race and saying his dad had had a cancer diagnosis and, and the outlook wasn't looking great and he, he got to see his son win a Group One, which was which is a really nice story and makes you feel a little bit better about losing your dough. Yeah, that's so good. Absolutely. Um, yeah, good on I really him. Like Tyler Schiller. Yeah, he's just, a good jockey, isn't he? Great jockey. I just there's I got to say though, there's nothing I hate more in racing than something like that, Maramia, when we get on it. Um, it do, it wins really well. The first start, come we're on at the second start, runs like a busted ass, and then you sack it, and then you're looking at it on a day like um Saturday, and you're like, oh yeah, there's old mate, and um, I'm not gonna put it in my quad. I'm not gonna go anywhere near it because of its last run. But you know, in the back of your head, you're like, well, I was pretty high on that before that last run. So I imagine if it just comes out, but you leave it out anyway. And then mm-hmm. it's just like a day ruiner. Yep. I just I yeah. hate how that happens. I hate how they just can come out and give just an absolute dog shit performance and then come and win a body group one the next week. Yeah. Particularly when you're on the horse that runs second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Animo, I guess, like, what else is there to say? Oh, my God. Just one of the best horses going around. 
What what'll be interesting is you would have probably read in the press this week that everyone's talking up Dubai Honors performance, which which was unbelievable. I, I, I do get that, and he had a notable drift as well, which was interesting. So the big syndicates weren't keen to to follow him. Um, but the figure that they put up, he obviously ran an extra 500 metres and posted a faster final last 600 than Animo. But I do, what we've got to look at is Animo's grand finals to QE. Dubai Honor didn't beat a great field in comparison to Animo. And Animo was back 100 metres. So I think when we look at it, I think the Dubai Honor is going to be overplayed in the futures market at the present moment. It'll be interesting to see what price he starts come, come race time in that QE. Um, certainly he will be met with support over the coming weeks and particularly if we start to get a bit more rain because the, the softer the better for him but yeah interesting so is he running this weekend no 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 so I, I'm pretty sure he'll be put away for now to not this week next week I think he'll be away for three weeks and then he'll go into the QE uh, third up um, second up okay uh, I think so Rose Hill Guineas what a snooze fest that race was. I thought that was the most boring race of the day um, until the last 100 metres when I just was just watching Nash just try and lift um, Lindemann from, from Pericles. I actually ended up laying Pericles because the money came real hot and I took a dollar ninety on Betfair for the lay and um, I was really hoping Nash got that, <laughs> got that bob and he did. So it's just a credit to him as a jockey because he just gets the best out of every horse. And I know we've been listening to a few people say that Nash has got, in terms of the way he rides, he's got an extra half length up his sleeve at all at all points. And it's something that not every jockey has just because of his, how standover and how strong he is as a rider. God, he's he's good. Good. God, he's good. Yeah, I just don't. I don't favourite. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't see anybody lift the horses like he does. No, they can't. They're no, he's the strongest rider in Australia. And and you saw that. Like, Lindemann looked gone at the 200. Pericles loomed up, and I think you can hear in Darren Flindell's call, he's going, and Pericles gets his nose in front. And then the next minute you hear Darren Flindell just getting his voice increasing, 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 and then... <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's so good. And you, you could almost just, like, picture what's happening if you shut your eyes. And then, um, yeah, got that boss. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd, it, Nash is. If I had a horse going around, I would just want Nash on it every single time. Particularly if it's a leader or a horse that you want to get the best out of, definitely. Yeah, I'd offer him bloody twenty percent to ride it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make sure he was on it every time. Cool. Now the slipper, I yeah, this one I've been wanting to talk about. Um, honestly, I can't believe how fucking unlucky. I I am like, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure learning to fly, whatever happened when it came out of the barrier. No, I don't, did. I don't know if you've watched it like again, but I'm pretty sure the jockey lost one of his um, hoops, mm. and then while he was running with it out, um, something's happened to learning to fly again, and it's bucked, and he's just completely come off the horse. Yeah, because I was, it, yeah, I was watching it, and then I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, watch the start, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's fucked!" And then it was just running really weird, because it's just like bucked out of the gates and like really thrown him off, or something's happened. Then I'm like, "Oh, this is this is not good." Like that, uh, it is going to need to be the best horse ever to win from there. And then all of a sudden, he just pop, just pops off the horse completely. 
I think she missed the kick. She missed the start, definitely, and then got caught amongst that big war horses. And, you know, two-year-olds, very inexperienced. A lot of them freak out, move, shift, all this kind of stuff. They're not as easy to control as kind of those experienced horses. So I think that you were just unlucky with that, to be honest. Missing that kick obviously was hugely costly as it cost the horse the race, but also Chad falling off as well. Did he say anything about how he fell off? No, I haven't read anything, and I, I just thought he just fell. He obviously wasn't injured, which which is just a thankful thing after seeing what happened at Fluorescent Star down in at Mooney Valley. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was just the horses fine and jockeys fine. So, so I think that's all we can pray for, particularly with the recent history with with all the falls that are happening at the moment. Yeah, um, that was just that was crushing for me. I was so looking forward to that. And it was yeah, couldn't have, just couldn't have been any more of a letdown. And then for the the two biggest breeders or the highest valued breeders in the world to Quinella, where it just made put salt in the wounds, didn't it? Yep. <laughs> Chris Waller to win it. Like, I'm happy for Chris Waller, but Shinzo owned by Coolmore. Like Coolmore's second highest ranked or highest valued um, breeder in the world at about I think maybe just shy three billion dollars and they just won the richest two-year-old race and then you've got Darley who's run second with Cylinder who's valued at almost six billion and then you got little King's Gambit who was a private breeder just on their own farm in Sydney there so (laughs) you really wanted the small time winner to win that race but obviously it didn't pan out that way God how good was um, King's Gambit oh did you see him in the yard Nah. It dead set looked like someone had hosed him. He was sweating up. He looked like he was about to melt. So he'd obviously worked himself up. So for him to sweat up in that heat, work himself up, get him all caught up in that, and for him to run like he did, it was it was pretty awesome. And I, uh, we saw that turn of foot that, that we suspected from him. And when he had a bit of pace up front and he was in a bigger field, not a, a like a small little field that was dictated by pace, we got to see the best of him. I think a few little things went against him, like him melting and – and also the two horses that that won were in a better position coming up that rails, which which we said was the place to be on the day. Um, yeah, he was awesome, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him come back as a three year old. Because so I think if he can improve his manners and and calm down a little bit, I hope they don't geld him yet. I think he could be a really really good three year old, and I'd love to see him go down the straight at Flemington because that big turn of foot oh. just just looks perfectly. Um, Perfectly positioned for something like a twelve hundred meter down there, like even the would even you, the Coolmore there here in the spring down there on Derby Day, that would be an option. I don't know. What about the fourteen hundred meter there with the little bend as well? Mm, what do you I'm reckon? I'm not sure about that. Well, I guess we'll have to. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see whether they nom him for the the All Age Stakes, which comes up next weekend. So let let's wait and see. There is it. Is it the All Age or is it? Oh, I can't remember. There's a 1400 meter race at, at, at Randwick. I know Shinzo's been paired ruled out today by Chris Waller. They're going to put him for a spell. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what horses um, oh, continue their preps into into that 1400 meter race. I would love to see Gambit at 1400, I reckon. I don't know. At Randwick instead of Rose Hill, too. Yeah, definitely. Randwick or Flem. What does Gambit yeah, mean? Big... Yeah, so I'm, I'm a big fan of the horse and, and have been for a while. And I. I thought we finally got to see elements of his true colours on Saturday, which was nice. Do you know what the word gambit means? No. It's a, um, what, because, you it's know, the he, guy from X-Men. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But he And he like throws like, um, he does card tricks like, and throws poker cards. Yeah, so and he's got a staff on him. Yeah, gambit's sick, but he's what is He's probably one of my favourites. Well. 
So the, the noun gambit comes from an Italian word, gambetto, which means tripping up. When you make an <laughs> opening move, offer something or start a conversation with something that seems self, self-sacrificing but is really a ploy for greater advantage in the long run. That's a gambit. Nice. Right. So he, I, I didn't. Sweet. I wasn't reading anything, by the way. Then that was just. Yeah, no, that was just off. That's that's just straight off the dome. I like that. Do you have any more questions? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. I do. Google. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm thunderstruck. Do you reckon? Uh, do you reckon he's cooked? Yeah. I don't think he's he's going as well this prep, and I think there was evident during that first up run. I just just don't think he's he's lost that zip because if you watch that All Star Mile replay, he looms up around the bend, and the normal I'm thunderstruck with that big booming turn of foot would have taken taken leaps from around that bend, and he just he just faded. I said, I don't even know where he finished, but I know it was outside the top what eight or whatever. Like yeah. he was really really disappointing. Oh, it's a bit shattering, but he's been good. Oh, he has been good, and and he might he might come back in in the spring and, and be a great horse and aim for for one of those mile races down there in 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 Melbourne or even even something like that Champion Stakes over two thousand meters at Zaki won last year or even a Cox Plate again. Who knows? So do you? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with him. What, what do you, what happened with Fluorescent Star? The one that fell. So Fluorescent Star was that was the one that fell where Tio Nugent went over and he was airlifted to hospital with. In and out of consciousness, it was the horse that fell. Because you remember, you and I were on it. Yeah, Yagi, Yagi's like horse. Is, is the horse? Yeah, I got right? on him as well. <laughs> yeah, um, unfortunately, the horse had to be um, humanely euthanized oh, at the track. Oh. Yeah, so the Yagi's being a really small boutique operation. It was really shattering because uh, Fluorescent Star was one of the this, like, I guess, the stable pinup girls. She's she's a great horse, and I thought honestly, she gets that gap and doesn't clip heels on. Um, in the boat, I reckon she beats all, or she's all that class, and I reckon she would have won that race. But she clipped the back of, of in the boat, went down, Tio went with it, and yeah, the injuries were sustained, and unfortunately, she had to be euthanized. Oh, no, that's horrible. Yeah. A lot of falls happening recently. Um, yeah. It's pretty hectic. Yeah. So um, people have come out. I think Ben Mellon came out on Twitter and, and spoke about the fatigue base, pretty much fatigue being the issue more than anything, and saying that all the track work they're doing and all the racing that they're doing Monday to Sunday, all that kind of business was contributing. And then every little person in the racing community has kind of contributed and Shane Dye, the controversial jockey to come, Paul Famer has come out and said that all the top line jockeys shouldn't be riding midweek race meets and just focusing on the Saturdays during the carnivals to reduce the elements of fatigue. Why don't they just um, stop riding track work so much? Yeah, that's... That could be something as well, but some some we need them on like Wednesdays. Yeah, oh yeah, Wednesdays do the second meeting, even a Sunday maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, some yeah. It's a tricky one because then those people want to see them at track work on the horses that they're trialing. You know, well, also that's how the they make stuff. money. Yeah, exactly. They get they still get paid to do that. So so some jockeys also like to to make money by doing track work. They also probably would like to make money by um actually knowing the horse that they're going to be riding. For sure. Not everyone gets gifted the best horses like a J-Mac or a Huey Year. you got those those, those jockeys that, that have to work and, and earn the right to, to ride certain horses. So that's also a factor that we need to contribute uh, consider. Sorry. All right. So let's get uh, into the weekend coming up. So Rose Hill, uh, two group ones, two group twos, four group threes. 
Uh, what do we got? Oracle rails weather. What do you? What are we looking at? All right, so we're the the rail is out five meters um, from the fourteen hundred to the winning post, and then four meters out um, from from prior to that that fourteen hundred meter mark. So, what we've got to consider is last weekend we watched that races, and and nearly every winner bar Animo came up that rails. So what we've got to look at is the rails have now come out an extra three meters. So were horses running on on Saturday just gone? Well. Maybe, maybe not. So we might start to see what what happens with with that position and whether horses are going to come further wide or whether that that rail position might be hot. Now, things we've got to consider obviously is the weather. So there's a lot of rain being predicted in in Sydney over the the coming days. So if if the the bomb is anything to go by, they're going to probably get about five mils tomorrow, ten mils on Friday, and then anywhere between fifteen and um, sorry, five and fifteen mils on oh, Saturday. It'll be, so, it'll be a heavy. Yeah, so we're probably going to be dealing with at, at best probably a soft six, soft seven, and maybe get into the heavy eight, heavy nine range. So, how I've looked at it when I've been doing my form, I've been looking at horses that um, that are handling the, the the wet decks or the soft decks, and probably penning those ones that aren't aren't too too keen on it. Okay. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be dealing with a bit of swamp. Yeah, potentially we're probably potentially going to be dealing with swamp. Now, is there any uh, is there any history of livestock being um, farmed on on that track previous on like Rose, prior to the racing? Looked, I haven't looked into Rose Hill. It's not it's not like good old Packingham for us. So yeah, I'm not sure about that one. No, because we like um, in case the listeners don't know, Packingham was a was a pig farm before it was um, a racetrack, and. Now it's a, also a swamp. I think no, it was always a swamp. Sorry, it was, it was, uh, it was always a swamp that they had pigs on. <laughs> it was our worst luck of our worst luck track. It was for a, a swamp long time. before it even had pigs on it. I think. I think there were rare pigs there that were breeded in swamp. Wild pigs. Wild pigs. Swamp pigs. Yeah, swamp <laughs> pigs. That's why. That's why it's known in racing circles as the pig swamp. We've been pretty good. <laughs> gold trip. Did someone just yell out gold trip in the background? Yeah, that was good old Luco having a have a yell there. Where was it on the weekend? Oh well, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. We'll get to that one. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that, so yeah. Anyway, this is a this is a nice track. This isn't a pig swamp. Well, it's been good to us in recent times. So. We can't we can't be um pounding it, let's say that. Alright. What are we like in Oracle? Well, I reckon let's start with race three and we'll make our way through the through them and then if there's anything to touch on, then we'll finish with race ten, do the quality numbers and then do Flemington. Done. That's our plan. Yeah. Yep. Like it. All right. So race three. So we've we've missed the, the group three in race two, but I, I don't really care for that field. Um it's all those kind of like two year olds that didn't really make the slipper field. Um, so the, the, this first one here is the Tullock Stakes, the Group Two. So it's over two thousand meters, and it's it's for the three year olds. So this is probably your last race in the lead up to the well, traditional lead up to the Derby, which is going to be near next weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. So ATC Derby is the obviously one of the main and probably the, one of 
the richest histories in that Sydney carnival. So you find with a lot of these horses that run in this tulloch, they usually back up really, really nicely into into that derby the following week. And you, you find that there's a really, really good record of horses performing and some winning as well. So take note of the winner or even a few horses that are, that are finishing really, really nicely um, in, into next week, that's for sure. One of so, your favourites, Corbs, is in here. I haven't even looked. I'm, I'm writing notes. Here we go. Osbred Rising Sun. Ah. There he is. Yeah, a 12 and a half length eight behind Lindemann <laughs> in the Rose Hill Guineas last week. What a dog. Oh, oh yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, what a dog. So I've got, I've, got, I've got two black bookers in this race, and it's unfortunate about the jockey on one of them, which, again, just shits me. Um, so Stroke of Luck, I put in... <laughs> yeah. So Stroke of Luck, I put in the black book um, two weeks ago when it ran a, a gallant second behind uh, Almania, who who we, we fancied in, in that Manion Cup last weekend. Um, it came down the outside, which is, wasn't the, the place to be in that Manion Cup. So I think he could forgive that run. And I really like Stroke of Luck behind behind him. I think he, once he gets back to his own age bracket, which he was racing against Open Company last start, so I think he's a really really good horse. And and see Aussie Tom's back from his injury after it after it all. Yeah, yeah, he's back, which is great. So he's recovered from his injury and he's he's back to ride for John O'Shea, which is fantastic. He's a a wonderful jockey. I think the horse is drawn really really nicely in Barrier One, so um, I think he'll definitely get the trip. Um, I have him probably, I have I know a star leading from Major Beal and then I have Stroke of Luck sitting in just behind. So I think he's going to get the run of the race from, from that inside barrier as long as Tommy can kick him up. And the second horse, which is in my black book, were, was Awesome John or is Awesome John. Now, I thought he was really, really good in that uh, Group 2 far lap over the 1,500 metres at Zoo one two weeks ago. Um, he was about three lengths behind Zoo Gotcha. He beat home Madame Pomery. Um, and cross the line with Daytona and, and not far off Fireburn and Brosnan as well. Um, the problem is Brosnan hasn't come out and set the world on fire. I thought he was actually going to be quite good in that Rose Hill Guineas and he didn't do anything. Fireburn, I'm not sure whether she's she's come back up this prep and may never ever win a race again. And as we know, too, gotcha put put um put a lot on them. So I think he's a really, really good horse, and I think Lee getting up to 2,000 metres is certainly playing in his favour. But with K-Max sticking, I was really, really hoping Reese Jones might take the ride as, as he's ridden him quite quite a lot, or at least two, I think, two of the last five races. So I was hoping Reese Jones would take the ride, but um, they've obviously given it to, to K-Max, who rode it last start. And if I had to be put any money down, I probably would be going down stroke of luck. But I think the race is quite open and I don't want to be betting early into this race with this pending weather. Yeah, okay. Um, so no no bets there. Uh, no bets there, no. So should we go to race four? So let's go to race four. So this is the Neville Selwood Stakes. So this is heading towards uh, – you'll find a lot of horses heading – just using this as a bit of a leapfrog into, into the Sydney Cup. So, obviously, we know about No Compromise first up. We know about Sunshine Rising, who's, who's been really coming on this prep. Zayrak, who is a horse that we have in our black book as well. Benno's finally getting to his preferred trip. So, it's, it's actually quite a, a, a decent-looking race, but there's a, a real standout for me in this race. Uh, number four, Gear Up. Really? Yeah. So it's it's an import from from over in England. So Annabelle Neesham's obviously taken him on. So 
if you go back through his form, have a look at his his results on the on the third of I think it was the, in September, third of September. So Moster Duff is a very very good horse for John Gosden. Won the race with Dubai Honor, who we know what they did last, what Dubai Honor did last weekend. Um, he came fourth to that horse. Uh, we then scroll back down and we see that Gear Ups has beaten. Uh, so Gear Up has beaten Cleveland, who is one of the fancied horses in the Group One weight for age Tancred as well. So I think this horse is the wrong price at ten dollars. He's handled the wet. He's he's won from two there. Um, he comes all the way from over at, um, in England. I think he's trialled really, really well. And his only blemish, we look at it, that, that Alan Kerr, which was a horse in the, in the All-Star Mile, um, that was the only blemish he had on a heavy deck, was a, a fifth to that horse. So I think it's a really, really good horse. He'll handle the, he'll handle the conditions. He's got a really top-line jockey on board. I actually really like the horse, and I, I actually would be taking that price now because I think he should be starting favourite or near favourite. Oh wow! These are this, these are some really good races early. Yeah, there's a, there's some decent races on early, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be launching into gear up, but I would definitely be putting putting a, a something on it now and take this early price because I have no doubts that your big syndicates will potentially get involved. They'll start looking at those form lines and they'll see that close um, close finishing fourth to to Dubai Honor. And I think they'll just uh, be keen to to get involved. So just have a little bit on it now, and then if it, if it does shorten and starts in the, with like say a six five or four in front of it, just just enjoy it and see what happens. All right, cool. Um, so should we go to race five? Let's go to race five. So this is a really really open race, as you can see. We've got seven dollars for the entire field. So the market really doesn't know what to do with itself. It's a big field as well as you can see. Yeah. So if we go through it, you can see that there's quite a decent um, discrepancy between the weights. So it is a quality handicap. So we've got up here, we've got We Own a Smart One carrying the 59 kilos, and then you've got Dalcini carrying the 53. So you're looking around the six kilo differences in weight there. So you've got to look through, and, and if you look at the speed map here, there's actually quite a lot of pace set in this race. So you've got Kips Bay, Bacchanalia, Cold Crusher, who we know will go forward, Daj Run, we own a smart one. Clemenceau's been rolling forward, The Face, even Rangers is, and Jojo with a man have also rolled forward. So the horse I'm keen to see, but I would have preferred to sit Randwick is, is, is a favourite of ours in Wahaha Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we know the horse handles the heavy deck. It's two from two on the heavy deck and, and brain them. The only concern I have is a, is the the track itself, and at Rose Hill, I would have preferred the horse at, at at Randwick, but we do have a really really good strong rider on in in Tommy Marquand, and I'm, I'm really finding him this weekend, which is which is interesting. Yeah, our um, yeah, yeah. one of our favourites, Brutality. Oh, okay. Is in this. Uh there's a few of our favourites in yeah, here. Yeah, there's another one. But here. um, this is a great race, but. Uh, Brutality is $27. Car park again. Loves the car park. Always draws the car park. But we know we know Brutality is going to go back and run yeah. on. Um, Blinkers it, aren't on as, as you probably would be aware being the horses first up. We know it's not grand final because I think I, – I don't know what grand final. I'm not sure if he's in the, the Doncaster field yet, but we know he'd be aiming for something along those lines. Can he run a big um, race horse, in the wet though? Yeah, he likes racing in the wet. Yeah, so, that's what I mean. Yes, he's had what twenty three starts on soft decks, and I think he's finished in the top three. What? How many times? Like eleven or twelve of them. So maybe he's got a fifty percent place strike rate there. I think 
or close to. So he certainly loves it. And at $27, it's a decent price to find out, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I love I love that. I've actually got a little black booker as well in this. Never talk? Yep. Oh, i got another <laughs> one. i got another one. Dajran. Yeah. There you go. So there's, there's quite a few horses in this in this field that um, oh and another one are really good. <laughs> we, own so a, can, we own a smart one. <laughs> there you go. So it's actually you, a cracking looking, field. Yeah, it's a good it's it's a good group three, isn't it? So yeah, really good and and huge field. Yeah, so it's so, so interesting. I mean, that, you're right. There'll be so much pace. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't be recommending a bet or anything like no. that. And again, let's wait to see what the oh, day is. Maybe a little while. <laughs> but when, but when you've got two seven dollar equal favourites, it's ridiculous. That says enough about the the market and how evenly how even it is for the for all the horses. I isn't think it? I think they're my favourite races to bet in. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Because you get the value then. Yeah, and you can you can do the bloody. Two bets, you know. Yeah, you got to go two. That's like what well, I did that when Uncommon James won at nine bucks with uh, I and Me. They were both around like nine or ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. Smart. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're going to profit on the race. You pick the ones that you're really keen on. There's nothing. That's, that's that's a smart way to do it. All right. So I'm looking forward to that. What's that race five, Rose Hill? So should we go to race six? Yeah, race six I find really challenging. Now the reason why I do is there's this horse in it called Statement. You see it there? Yeah. Yeah, now I'd, it's it's an interesting horse. Like uh, he's got like, I don't know, I don't know where to line him up in this race. So this is obviously a big group two. The horse is coming off a really, really nice win in a, in a group three over there at Tipperary um, in, in, a, in Ireland. Um, he's got a really good record. He loves them. He loves them all. He's one first up. So Joseph O'Brien doesn't bring his horses out here for nothing. So... Is this going to be another rinse and repeat of like uh, Dubai on a last weekend with William Haggis? I don't know. Um, I thought Roots had it. I didn't think she was that great last start. And I thought she was almost a moral in that group three aspiration that um, the Lassifier won, but she she obviously didn't win. Um, Mirror Vision, I think, is just pottering along here and there, but she doesn't like the heavy. Um, a tissue does like the heavy, but it's never won on it. So I think she's had six starts on it for, for two seconds and two thirds. So when you see how you can go down the field here and you can kind of look at them all and just go, hmm, what's going on here? Uh, promise of success you could make a case for, really likes the soft or heavy deck. So I think this is another one of those really open fields, but it would not also surprise me if Statement came out of this race and just blitzed them like yeah. you wanted last week. I, it's just, oh, I'm yeah. going to get, I'm gonna get on that early. I'm going on Statement. Like, that's it's an Irish horse we, in the wet. Yeah. Exactly. I love John Allen on an Irish horse oh, too. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? So Getting you look like Statement. Straight away. Oh like statements, it's had five starts on good tracks for, for not a single win, but then you put it on soft or heavy going and it's had eight attempts for three wins, a second and a third. So if you look at it like that, are you going to back Joseph O'Brien, arguably the best trainer in Ireland, or arguably the best trainer in Ireland ever, or the GOAT? You think he's going to bring this horse out for a decent run and, and we'll see where he goes this prep, but... Are you gonna be willing to take what? What do you? What can you guys get at five bucks? Five, yeah, five and two. Yeah, it's like do you do you take that price and just see what happens and yes. and bank on him just winning? <laughs> yes, I already have. And, yeah, I'm, taking, honest, I'm taking it now. <laughs> you taking it now? Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I I think it's gonna. Uh, do you reckon it'll shorten? Uh, well, if if 
if the big syndicates get a get a hold of it, you know it will. So just take it. Just have a small play, Corbs. Like there's nothing wrong with taking it, having a small play. I'm just going each way on it. Yeah, just have a small one. See what happens. Oh, I'm really into it. <laughs> really into it. <laughs> I don't know. Should we should we move on before I do anything silly? Yeah, we can do that before you launch into anything. Okay. <laughs> so next race, race seven. So this is the first leg of the quaddy. So first leg of the quaddy. So this is the the Group One binary start over two thousand meters. So this is the the final lead up for the Oaks or the ATC Oaks for for the girls. So the three year old two thousand four five hundred meters over there. So that's part of the the autumn carnival there in, in Sydney. So I think when we look at it this way, like I think honestly, when we go through this field, I think it's honestly between two horses. Yeah, the two favourites. Yeah, yeah, I just one like and three. It, like, yeah, one and three now. New Zealand form. Normally, I would pocket uh, pot it, but as 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 we've touched on the previous weeks, New Zealand form has been really been stacking up, hasn't it? Yeah, they've been doing well. Yeah, so it we, you've got to you've got to sit back and go. Yeah, you, you guys are doing really well, and they're doing and they who they booked Mark Zara for this race so they've got a really good jockey on there I'm just going through the form now and and you can see back well when was this back in January this year this horse actually beat um Corbs you probably have a better take on this but beat Legato home over over the mile in a in a three-year-old classic magic I think it was a Caraca million three-year-old classic race so we know what Legato did down there at the Australian yeah, Guineas ended up winning it. Legato's good. So you could probably tie in the form lines there with that. So the horse is doing really, really well. And then you've got to look at Pavitra. So Pavitra raced in a in the Kemba Grange Classic um, on the 10th of March. We This was that one where for our money, remember I liked Cool Die in this race and I ended up accidentally putting on Pavitra and then she romped it home by about four lengths. Yeah, she dominated. Yeah, so with Chad aboard as well. Yeah, with Chad. Yeah. So the horses, she's she's absolutely flying, and she's got some really good form lines. Um, in like she she kicked off her prep in in the Group Two Millie Fox. She she beat she finished winning point six of a length behind Miramia. Now she came out and won the Group Gal the Group One Galaxy last start, and that was in an open open class race. So Pavitra, there's a lot of opinion of her, and she's been racing in open class. She now drops back to her own age bracket. I think if I think the only thing that beats Pavitra, in my opinion, is whether she handles the heavy deck, or Chad Schofield falls off, or if that falls off, yeah. All right. So that's that's my opinion. Um, so two to start the quad. That's good. Three. Well. Well. Oh. Do you want to take the the chance that she'll handle the the set stop going? What? Who are we talking about? Um, Pavitra. Well, you reckon, what are you, you saying? You reckon to stand three out? I'm a stand prowess out. Yeah, I do. No, 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 I reckon stand Pavitra out. Oh. Oh, okay. Wow. Because Pavitra has had two on the heavy for two losses. Yeah, but you go back and that was in a, that was last year. Look who was on her. Oh, no. So it's a forgive ride. Yeah, yeah. And then she lost a, like a 1,200-meter maid. Now, this, that's short of her best trip. That's crazy. So, yeah, I think you can forgive. Now, American Pharaohs, some of them, 
they 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 they'll use you you'd suspect she's going to see out the two thousand meters definitely. So I've got I, no issues with that. She's I, won. She ran. What was that? Oh, sorry. No, I you, you keep going. Sorry, I was going to say I'd be way too scared to leave prowess out just because it'll break my heart to. Yeah, I know you and your New Zealand horses. Yeah, so no, just just on the first leg. Yeah, I know. So Pavitra actually uh, ran second in the in the Australian Oaks. So she was only a um so the yeah the the, the uh, BRC Oaks. Sorry, she finished a length behind. She's extreme. So she's got good form lines. Queen Air came out and blitzed them last week at um at Mooney Valley. Uh, I just think she's a better. I just think she's a better horse than Prowess personally. And that's over 2,000 metres. All right. That's very interesting. I might stand that out. I might take your advice and stand that out. Because that'll open up the next few for us. So, race eight. So, oh. race eight. Oh, look at this. The Tancred. Yeah. So, the Tancred. Here we go. Jesus. So, so you're, can, we, think... can we get the one of the uh, owners of Gold Trip in the background there to come in and say He's his gone piece? Now. Oh. Well, he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's an owner. He's just a supporter. I think he's back with every single start. <laughs> he's not. So, he's kidding when, himself. So I sent you guys the, the post-race report of, of Gold Trip early this week. So the guys just thought the, the race wasn't run to suit. The firm deck played against him, and, and it was just, just the way the race set up. It wasn't for him. So they... They're going to get the preferred soft deck this this weekend, which is fantastic. He's going to get he's got the blinkers back on now, so it's game day. And I think this field is slightly weaker than the one that he faced last last uh, last time out. So I do can see that Montefilia was very very good last start behind Dubaiana. She she was one of the runs of the race outside of that winner. She handles the soft going, which is good. And Dill Gibbon sticks. Uh, Knight's Order, we know, loves a heavy going. So if you find that you see there's like a, a real leader bias happening this weekend at Rose Hill, then I would definitely be be putting Knight's Order in your quaddy. Um, Cleveland brings that really, really good European form like I spoke about. So I think you'll get a really good guide about how well um, he'll, he's going to go when, when you watch Gear Up go around in the earlier race, which is the one we spoke about that I thought you'd take the price now. Yeah. Um, so he's, Lucan, got, he's got the fucking Voldemort on. Yes, I know. So that's the, that's something that we got to concern about. I thought Explosive Dak was was really good in that Canberra Cup behind Arafeo. You could probably make a big case for. Um, where's Arafeo? She's not in this race. There it is. You get, I would definitely be putting Arafeo in the in there. Does like the heavy going also, and I thought the horse is very very good in that Canberra Cup. So. In all honesty, I'd be going relatively wide in this leg, but I'd probably put one, 14, two if there's a leader bias. Cleveland, because I don't want to see KMAC win, and maybe Arafeo and, and Explosive Jack in there. Yeah, okay. What about um, Sir Lucan and Stockman? I, I thought that he was – a Stockman I'd probably put in, actually. That's a really good call from you there, Con. He yeah. was he was really good in that sky high behind protagonist, cocking some really good sectionals. Clippo gets back on. We know he likes soft going, and he's finally getting out to his pet trip of about two thousand four hundred meters. So definitely includes Stockman. But with um, who was the other one you said? Sir Lucan. I just thought he could have he should have won that race last start last week. He was close. He was. He was what what he was he was in there, but I thought. Nash mate flattered the horse in terms of of his of his run and, and I don't rate Timor as a horse to be honest. Okay. 
Like he's coming out of BMs in in Melbourne, and, he's, and then he's come up and finally won this race. So you, I probably have egg on my face seeing seeing him there. But in terms of leaders, he's going to get a pest up front in terms of Knight's order as well. So and another you, thing, sorry, Oracle is Nash has mm. jumped off that and jumped on Mount Declare. So yeah, so that's also a really good push when you think about it, isn't it? It's enough for me to leave him out of the quad. So, yeah, so that's why I'd, I'd be going against it. Okay. So we're going a bit wide in that leg. We'll go a bit wide, but... Um, I'll get the quaddy numbers. At, I'll, I'll get the quaddy numbers at the end, Brent, if that's all right. Yeah, we can do that. Is that all right? Or, you can just, yeah, or the people can just re-listen and yeah. I can just transfer them to you. Yeah, perfect. Done. <laughs> all right, so race nine. Uh, Doncaster Prelude. Yeah, here we go. So this is, this is this is you'll find a lot of these horses are, are heading towards that Doncaster next weekend. So I think this is a ballot, ballot exemption race from from memory. So automatic entry for first, second, and maybe third, but don't 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 quote me on that one. So I guess we can start at the top of the market. We know Crosstalk came out and won that. Yeah, the Newcastle oh, yeah Newcastle stakes there at Newcastle, beating Gem Song, Cuban Royale, your boy there. Um, Con, Kiss Sam and a few other the horses getting around was really, really good. Um, we know he handles the heavy deck. He loves it. Six starts, four wins and a third. He's even got a good soft record as well and, and actually prefers Rose Hill over over your Randwick. So he's one from one at the track um, track and trip and he's never missed the Quinella over the distance. Um, so the top three of the distance. So he's probably a good starting point for you. Obviously got Timmy Clark booked on board. Um, he looks to be the only notable leader outside of Riadini in this race. Maybe Lord Ardmore could kick up from the, the wide barrier. So um, that's certainly interesting. And and we know that Timmy Clark has been riding um, Riadini the last two starts this prep behind Think About It and Cepheus. So one would suggest that he thinks Crosstalk's probably going a little bit better and that's the horse that he's probably going to ride in the Doncaster if, if the horse does win. A lot of, lot of chances in this race, don't you think? A L- lot of chances. Um, Muhammad, where we know the horse is absolutely airborne. He just, he, he's been up, what this is, how many runs he had this prep? You're only going to count up one, two, three, four. He's been up since the Melbourne six, Cup. Seven, eight, nine, ten. So he's had ten runs this prep, and it happened to be the one that we backed him on on the first of November Melbourne Cup day. It had to be the one that cost everyone, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So he's been he's been really really good, and I love that um, Nick Ryan's having a crack at bringing him up here because um, I'm keen to see him run around. So he handles soft going as well. The horse is absolutely flying, so I wouldn't be worried about him him running out the the trip. He's just coming out back from that 1600 meter uh, race last weekend. There, Waterford. Uh, I'm not sure what to do with Waterford. Like I thought he was pretty sound behind Cepheus last start there. Um, he he did cross the line with. Uh, what's more called Caesar's Palace and Bandersnatch not far behind. I thought Bandersnatch was more unlucky in that run, and I thought um, could have finished closer. So if we're looking at purely from a quality perspective, I'd be putting Bandersnatch in before I put Waterford. And would you be putting in Caesar's Palace? Yeah, well, you, you, you kind of have to because the horse is doing really well. Like it loves the heavy going. We know he's probably going to roll forward from that barrier sixteen, and and if he can take up that running near you. You, you don't want to see a $51 pop get up when you talk about it, do you? No. I'll be putting him in. 67. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'd be, I'd be putting him in. Um, 
you could put Yonkers in. Yonkers has this weird habit of 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 uh, smashing it first up. So yeah. I put I put Yonkers in, and I love Josh Parr booking. Um, what are your thoughts on Warsfold, your boy Corbs? I'd definitely have him in there. You reckon? Well, I think I would just because I think he loves the soft and. I don't know. Like I don't. Mind, never, I don't. I don't mind him at barrier six. Do you have him? You have him concerned about him going beyond fourteen hundred meters? Oh, I do. I just think he. I think. I think he can. I think he can run a good like fifteen, sixteen. You know, but yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I, my, I, I just have concerns about him going past the fifteen hundred meters. Like if you look, go back through his form, he's every time he stepped out past the fourteen hundred meters, he hasn't really done anything. So like you look at it, like you go back through his prep, like he he was ran at fifteen hundred meters in January this year, and he was a two length second behind Rambler Rebel, who ran on Saturday at Mooney Valley and got absolutely swamped. He then he's gone to what seventeen hundred meters behind March on ensemble in a BM seventy. Like to me, it just suggests to me that he he doesn't run out as strong. Strong fourteen hundred. Oh, well, I guess anything further than the fourteen hundred meters, but that's just my opinion more than anything. Yeah, no, that's that's very very valid. Well, I, it's Nick Ryan as well, so you can the market will probably tell if any money comes for him. They might think he'll have a chance to go better than Mahan Mech. Yeah, and then you got to look at it, Tommy Sherry versus um versus Regan Bayless. Who are you going to take? Yeah, Regan every exactly. day. Exactly, Regan every day. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure about Warsfalls. Um, if you're really worried, just put him in. And this is a handicap race, remember, so I'd um, I'd be willing to put him in and go a bit wide. All right, so let's go to the final race on the card. I, race know, I, I was on also touch on. I'd probably put Wellwall oh, yeah. in this as well. I thought Wellwall was actually quite good last start behind Sefi. So I think he, caught the, he got the fastest last 200 metres of the race. So he's been racing on good decks his entire prep here in Australia. So I think he's better suited to, to soft and heavy going, and that's where he's had all of his success pretty much. So I think he's a horse that you can keep an eye on. And, again, I don't want to let K-Mac go around without us being on. <laughs> oh, okay, so that's going in the quaddy. That's going in the quaddy. And I'd probably put Diamil in there as well, just with Tommy Marquard, John O'Shea combination. Yeah, okay. All right, Squaddy's looking good. Um, yeah, it's looking sound, particularly if we can stand out for Vitra and get that over the line. Oh, it'd be huge. So the last race, we've got a bit of, what, a bit of a pooslinger on our hands here. Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of this race, to be honest. It's, it was it's shit one of those everywhere. Ones... It was shit everywhere by race 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mud no. and shit. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, as soon as I see a, a race with mystery shot in it, I am a yeah, man. I know it's a pooslinger. I, I don't yeah. know how he keeps like mystery shot, mystery shot. My black booker needs to be in like sixty fours <laughs> and seventy twos max. Why have I still got it? <laughs> and he's always in eighty eights, and he's like just getting fucking throttled. <laughs> the reason why that is called is because he's got a handicap rating of eighty four. Oh, so if he goes in like a BM seventy, he's going to be carrying like sixty three kilos or whatever it is. So he has to float around that eighty kilo. <laughs> That the eighty mark just to just so he's not carrying the the grandstand. Oh, he he Poor needs bastard. to carry the grandstand and go on weaker races. Like <laughs> he's just fucking. Yeah, I don't know. He yeah. had a really good heyday, but then hasn't really done, done anything, anything since. Has nah, he? Nah. I've actually removed him. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to remove him too. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm glad. This is, is this your first mortification you guys have ever no, made? No, I, I looked and I'm like, oh, he's not in my black book now. So I must have removed him a couple of starts back, I think, because he just was so disappointing. Um, but, yeah. No, I, I, I now, I, I do it every time. If I watch something that is drop out of my off the black book, sometimes yeah. I'm just lazy. Just don't cull. <laughs> I go through that all the time. Or if I've had a real shit weekend on the punt, like last weekend, I just go through and do a full cull just out of pure anger more than anything. That's kind of, yeah, you're, like, you're gone. You're fired. Yeah, you're shit. You've, you've, you've cost me this. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right, but that's good. This is um, this is tough. This one. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this race. Yeah, I like done enough it's like it's not one of those races where you go like most of the field because they're good. It's going most of the field because they're shit. <laughs> I know. Like you look at Wild Chap. Have a look at his heavy um at his heavy heavy going stats. Where is he? Hold on. He doesn't have a jockey booking yet, so he's no doubt going to get some apprentice on there. Fucking hell. So he loves the heavy going. So I've been on Wild Chap. I was actually, funnily enough, on him uh, when he won at Newcastle. He won the Cameron. He beat Lun- he beat Luncey's character. Well, he beat a weak field, but I was on him there. Um, is Reese Jones booked for anything yet? Yeah, so. he's, on, he's on. He's on the other John O'Shea filly, which is really really annoying. But that's a horse I'd be definitely including in that in that in that quaddy. So we really uh, need to go. Is... We need really need to stand um, the thing out in the first leg because this is. This Do you is know fucked. what? I, I, you'd almost field this job, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. you'd lo- you'd yeah. You fucking almost have to. Jeez, if you, if you gonna... don't, you've got to take at least eighty percent of them. Jeez, that's going to drop the percentage. Like you just want a real poo slinger to get up. Hold up. Let me. I'll go through. All right, Corbs. Can you write these numbers down because when you're gonna need to this because this is gonna be a heap of them. All right. I haven't written right. the other ones, but I'll write this one. <laughs> Just write this one down because this is the one that we're gonna go wide in. All right. Let's All right, go. Let's it. put. Let's chuck one in at two hundred to one. Yep. All right. Let's chuck half. Jesus. Oh, Do we chuck the the horse that's been racing up here in Queensland? Yes. Hasbro sixty-seven to one. What number is he? Two. 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 Yep. He's, he's, he's got good heavy stats. Yeah, get him um, in there. He's in there. Jet, Stan- in there. Jet Stanley coming down from the west for him. Okay. God, this, this race sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you, should we try and get Mautai beaten? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to lay some of them. And Tamerlane, do you want to get both? To try and get both the favourites. Oh, oh, I'm a bit hell. scared about. I'm a bit scared about laying those the blue I'll, silks. All right, I'll let I'll let you guys decide on that one. Chuck in eight corps, Wicklow. So one, two, eight. Yep. Yeah. Um, God, this, I'm just going through this, and this is just such add, as, ma- add as many as you can. I'm gonna have to put Catalan in with Tommy Marquardt on. It's a black book of mine. There you go, Solar Apex corps. So. 12 and Catalan, whatever comes on. Far out. This sucks. We leave um, Kmac Tucker, out. We, he'll probably fuck us. Yeah. 13. Uh, 14, Corbs. Yeah. 15. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Oh, Jesus. Oh, what a shit race. It is such a shit race to finish. Um, oh, God. Put 18 in there as well and 19. Jesus. God, I hope, hope someone took that down that's listening to us because that, that race is junk. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, so... Let's go to Flemington then. Uh, what do you got for us? Weather, rails, all that sort of stuff. Um, so Flemington, we're, we're not expecting to get any sort of rain or any sort of issues there. So we're probably going to be dealing with a, a good deck, which is fantastic for, for the Australia, Australia Cup. Now, it's a relatively weak field this year for an Australia Cup outside of Cascadian. What do you reckon? Yeah, I haven't had a look at it. Um, we're looking – so, yeah – what do you got? Regal Power, not much chop anymore. Moanga. Mm-hmm. Well, what are, you, what are your thoughts you know, on Moanga's race last week? He started, what, $3 favourite in that Dubai on a race? Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually... I mean, I guess it was di- disappointing, but Dubai on it just pumped him, didn't he? Yes, yeah, so you can't... Like, it, it, is, it is tough to, I guess, take anything from, um, but... I thought he was playing, to be honest. Yeah. I, so, oh, there's, you know, this is, there's a few things that interest me in here, though. Yeah. There's a couple in here yes. for me. So I think we'll be dealing with a good deck now. When The rail is at eight metres. So when we look at it on those, like, historical data, it's been really, really even with the rail in this position. So 35.5%, the leaders on pace is 27 0.8% for those in the mid-pack and then 36.6% for those out the back or you can go a bit deeper in those percentages. But I'm looking back, the last time we had a race here was um, in January on the 14th, all right, and it was really – it was actually favoured those to run on. And then pre, prior to that, it was May last year where it was very fa- favourable to be on speed, but there wasn't disadvantage being out the back. So I think we're expecting fair racing here, which is really, really good. That's good. Um, right, you are. It's kind of hard to go past it after um, what its last well, five starts. That's <laughs> one. You can't really question it, can you? Like he's he's literally airborne. I love Ben Allen as a jockey. I think he's so underrated, and he's he just doesn't get enough opportunities. So he he obviously rides quite a lot for for my uses. So. To see right you are there at 750s is is a really, really good price to find out for him. Mm. Like I said before, I think Cascadia is certainly rightly favourite. And if he brings his 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 like top form over 2,000 metres, I think he'll be very, very hard to beat. Now, we've been waiting for Virtuous Circle to win a race for a while. It's so I find it so interesting that what Liam Howley's done and put him in this race. Like, he could have gone to the, to the Tullock Stakes down uh, up at Randwick there. He's handled the soft going before. And I think he would have been right in it against Stroke of Luck and, and Awesome John. So I'm really, really intrigued as to, to why Liam Howley's kept him here. And he's one of those horses that I probably won't let, let the horse go. Now that he's getting to his pet trip of about 2,000 metres, I'm not going to let him go around without me having a little bit on. But... We know what his grand final is, and that's the ATC Derby. But who again knows with Liam Howley? Like he's just pulling all these little tricks on everyone, particularly those who have taken him in futures betting. Yeah, okay, I'll be getting on. <laughs> yeah, so I'd, I'd probably just just chuck a little bit on, but don't go crazy. Okay. 
I had a black booker in this one as well. There you go. Nonconformist. Oh, cool. It's a good call. Yeah. So what what I looked at now, so he won that group two blamey here in Flemington first up, beating Pounding, Banker's Choice, beat Den- Gentleman Roy, Uncle Brian, Luna Flair, like all of those horses, even Tuvalu. We know Tuvalu came up, pulled up with excuses and, and has since been spelled. So he's never won first up, Corbin. So he won last. He did end up winning first up last start, but he's never won second up as well. So yeah, no. do you think he's really this, this time round? And he's at his pet trip. Like he's at as a medicine three second. Yeah, I'll be I'll, I'll be definitely chucking him in the quaddy, that's for sure. He'll definitely go in the quaddy. So in terms of quaddy numbers, like Stein, I think Stein, Stein looks sound, but my worry is about that race that behind Keats and Gold Trip. Like that race was brutally run. Gold Trip ran a flat one last start. Keats obviously didn't didn't handle the the, the high pressure nature of and was outclassed obviously in the All Star Mile. And any of the horses behind him haven't exactly done much. So I don't know. It's 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 an interesting race. I'd probably be literally if I was looking purely from a quality perspective, I'd probably just put one nine. And 16 in there. Okay. Jeez, what a good, uh, great looking race. Can't wait for this one either. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, so did you have another one here you wanted to talk about at Flemington? Um, you've got a really good horse who's going to absolutely piss it in. Where? Number Race five, number 10. Oh, give it to me. Oh, gold man. Gold man. <laughs> Okay. So remember, I gave, remember I gave this to you guys at Warwick Farm a couple of weeks ago on the 15th of March? Oh, and we took about yeah. Over That's there, right. the gay bot horse. This yeah, is, this so is the, the one I, um, I turned the racing on and it was winning by four or five lengths already. <laughs> and I didn't so we get, took I missed what, it. What did we, so we took, what, 350 towards four bucks, I think, when we when I told you guys to get it on. Remember I, I sent you the message on like Sunday or that it was in the norms and then it came out on Monday that it was it accepted. So I think the horse is just awesome. A great horse. Got Jordan Childs who's riding like an absolute demon at the moment. I think this horse will lead this race. Like if you're looking at purely from a from a speed map perspective, there's nothing else in this race that leads it. He still gets in really nice in the weights. He's handled 2,400 metres before, as you can see, in a BM78. I think he just wins this race and then enters his way into the Melbourne Cup. Oh, that's good to hear. Okay, so we've got, got a I think he's just got too, oh, Yeah, I think he's just got too much zip for him. Do you think get on now at $2.70? Uh, I think that your, your big syndicates will come for it, um, for, for potentially for some others. Like you're looking at it here, it's, it's it was started its prep in a BM64, which it duly saluted in, in about five lengths. It then went to the BM78, did the same thing. So they might be looking, your, your figures punters will certainly be on it. But then you've got horses like So Unusual, who's what, coming off, like how many wins in a row? Is this is it, is it shooting Four. for five in a row now? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it run that handicap over 2,500 metres. So it's got the, the mark, like it's in legs. Solcom came here with a huge boom on it. Remember that race it had in the Group 3 Queen Elizabeth where it won by by two and a half lengths beating Luncey's Sound, Warning, Persan, all those all those usual stayers here. You've got Legger on there, who's who's actually one second up and we know handles the trip. Aurora Symphony was absolutely enormous in that Adel- um, Adelaide Cup. 
And then you got Swords Drawn, who who won last start as well in in that Tawny Cup, beating Nerve Not Verve by two lengths over two thousand four hundred metres. So you've got some good stays in this race, with a lot of them who are hard fit. I just think Goldman has bigger upside, and I think he's just he's just such a good horse. Oh, I like that. I love that. That'll be anchoring a few of my multis, I reckon. Yeah, every mm-hmm. one of them. So I think probably if, if you could think about the only concern I have for Goldman is the firmer deck. Like he does prefer it soft or heavy, but who knows? I think he's a good horse. Okay, sensational. Now, Friday night, um, let's go to Mooney Valley. Yeah, so we've got the William Reed Stakes over 1,200 metres. Like, as I said before, Flemington or Melbourne is not expecting any rain between now and the weekend. So it's looking pretty good. The rail's in the true position. So like last weekend, the rail was in the true position at Mooney Valley, and I thought it placed really, really fairly with a lot of horses, some getting up the rails and winning, other horses winning down the outside. So I think we're in for some fair night, um, fair racing on, on Friday night, that's for sure. God, this race... Um... Geez, there's a few things I like, a few things that can yeah. get it done. This is a cracking race. I'm so happy this is on Friday night because I've got a Bucks party all weekend and we'll be watching the Broncos and we will be watching a bit of Mooney Valley, I think. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, bit, a little bit, little bit of cross-eye, one eye on the Broncos, one eye on the Valley. <laughs> so The eyes, go oh, e- the eyes will be race. going each way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got it. Outwards. I think I think the starting point is definitely Imperatriz. So that's the the New Zealand horse who came out here with a big big boom on it. Um, took to Artorias to within what point point one of a length of Artorias beat Golden Mile Cascadian two lengths. Um, Kerwin's Lane Converge who we saw come out and that George Ryder run really really well. And even Quantico, who we've all got an opinion on. So has beaten some really, really quality horses. We know loves the 1,200 metres. Um, has drawn really well to, to to park up and, I guess, follow Jigsaw across and, and park up just... Hang on, Brem, Brem, we just lost you for five seconds then. Yeah, you're right. Keep going. I think you're back on now. Cool. Back on. And then we've got Jigsaw, who obviously is just in the form of his life. He's won four on the trot. He's been freshened up. We know he loves the Valley 1,200 metres. In the Congo, I just don't see how he's $7.50. I just haven't liked his trials, particularly that one behind Shades of Rose. Our girl is in there at number 14 there, Benedetta, at $9. Oh, I don't like the draw, but... I love the draw. Why don't you like the draw there, Con? Valley. Yeah, just the Valley. Well, she... Well, she, we know where she. Where is she going to be? She, we know where she's going to flop out the back, isn't she? Yeah. I'd rather her drawn in Barry 11 than Barry 3 and getting clumped up in horses and, and riding for luck because we know that she's got this big, booming turn of, turn of foot on her. I'd rather in clean air coming around that bend and then really giving one last pounce on them over that last 100, 150 metres. Do you think she can do it, do it, do it from the, from the back at the valley against this field, though? This is a very, very tough field. This is easily, obviously, the toughest field that she's faced. And it, it'll be I'm, – I'm intrigued to see whether Jason Warren keeps her here or runs her at Flemington on Saturday because she's also nommed in a really good race down there. There's a, mm. bit, there's a bit of pace here, isn't there? Oh, there's so there's much so pace. Much so, pace. What about Bellinipatina too? Like she, she's a gun at the Valley. She's a gun at the Valley, but is that because she, she's not on a heavy deck? Like I don't know. I'm, I, I wasn't sold on her in that group one new market behind, behind In Secret. Yeah, well, but she was ben, a long way off, wasn't she? Yeah. 
But then we've got to look at, she did finish half a length off Bella Nipotina. I wish I win. She beat home Bornis Notches, who was very good in that thing, beat home Nature Strip. So she's certainly got the runs on the board. Um, ben Mellon's a great jockey. We know that. So if, you, if you're playing quarties, put, put her in. Mm. I think Babylon Berlin is easily covered by Imperatriz. King of Sparta, he was sound in, in Oakley Plate. He ran a really good race. Whether or not the, excuse me, the Valley is, is, is his or not, a case of you, I think, is very, very overrated. So they'll be talking up this horse, this overseas horse who's a sprinter. I don't think he's that good, to be honest. He's got the blinkers on. I don't, I've got nothing to say about him. Pulele, I thought, was very plain first up. Also gets Ollie, which isn't great. And then, yeah, you go down the line. I just I just feel like if if you're looking at it freely from his perspective, I think if Jigsaw can get his way up front, I think he could certainly win. Um, if Imperatures get stuck on the rails, I think Benedetta will come down the outside and knock them off. So 7, 11, 14, you'd stand out? Almost? Oh, I'd, put, I'd, I'd probably put Bella Nipotina in there for, for, for insurance as well. Yeah, would love Craig on. Oh, that's exciting. I'm so excited about that. That's such a big race. That's a good race. Oh, regardless of, regardless of whether it's I actually a... think she'll win the race, I'll be having a bet on Benedetta because I've backed her all five starts and I'm, there's no point in me getting off now. It's probably the best looking race of the weekend. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd probably say that actually, Corp. That's probably it's, a good call from it's you. It's crazy, like, yeah, I look, I really like the look of it too. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's exciting. Valley races are always exciting too. Yeah, definitely. Well, actually, it's just such a good track to punt at. It's exciting because your horse can just come out of nowhere and just blitz past them, can't they? Yeah. It's um it's one of my favourites for sure. Uh, so just before we go, uh, the Dubai World Cup. Yeah, so this it's the big middle or big Dubai World Cup come out over this weekend. So there's a lot of Group One races. We've got the astrologist running around there in the Alcuras Sprint, which is I think last won by Buffering, the last Australian to win it, which was over there. Wow. Um, I just thought I'd make a note for all you, the punters out there, that Equinox is a Japanese horse going around in the Shima, um, the Shima Classic. Now he, this horse is an absolute freak in Japan. He's had six starts for four wins and a second. Now he came out and won and run a race called the Arima Kanen in Japan, which is essentially Japan's number one race over two thousand five hundred metres. It's like the one that they want to win, kind of like our Cox Plate, I guess, if you caught that. And he won it with his leg in the air. Now, he is an absolute elite racehorse. And I think if you can get anything around the 250 mark, I think that's that's a bet every day of the week. When is this? I think it'll be on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Have a look for it. So it'll be the Shima Classic. Uh... <laughs> Out of bucks. Perfect. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have markets up. Have you seen markets for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I can see there's, I think there's about a 220 floating around somewhere. For Equinox? Um, I'll tell you, I'm just got it up now. So the Shima Classic. So I've got 210 for, for him. Yep. That'll do. There you go. <laughs> All right, Oracle. Uh, oh, have you got anything else, Corpse? Did you have, did you have one more Oracle maybe for us? Oh, do you want to talk about it tomorrow? Yes. Yeah, okay. There'll be all a right, few so people to- listening all the way through. So I've got two tips for you tomorrow. So you got Hawkesbury Race 5. There's a horse called Bamira. Oh, yeah. All right. So I'd won a maiden over 1,500 metres last start by six lengths. 
So that was actually six lengths faster than the class one on the same day. So class one is actually quite a good, good, good race because you can get a lot of horses that have competed in good races that are placed, but they can, they qualify for a class one because they've only won one race. He's racing tomorrow in a BM64, which is the next step up from, I guess, a maiden. So I think he could, he'll piss this race in, to be honest, and I love the booking of, of Bermira. I think your only danger is really Hasty Duchess, who's, who's dropping back from provincial midway championships and, and all those because the horse is only um, – yeah, it's a, it's a sound horse. Okay. But I think if you look at that figure from Bermira, it's just too good to, to pass up. And the other one is at, at the Pig Swamp uh, in race five, El Salado. Old Pig Swamp, eh? Yeah. Uh, yep, there we go. Now, you've been on fire at the Pig Swamp, actually, which is unreal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been my track in recent times. So I went back through this horse's form. So we we had quite a decent bet on Marble Arch in that um that Future Stars final, the one that got up. Yep. Now, the horse that ran second, Helix, has since come out and run second today, today. Gap back to back to third at Sandown. Bel Air came out and won on the weekend very nicely, beating Toronto Terrier. And then this horse was back in seventh and was arguably one of the unlucky runs of that race. And he's actually came within 1.2 lengths of Gringotts, who beat Helix today. So you can tie in all this form now. I think he is a wonderful bet at about the 350 mark if you can get it. It'll be touch and go, but this guy's this is the weakest field he's met this this time this time round. He's it's a maiden that he should just be winning. Oh god, that's that's that one sounds fantastic. Yeah, so that's that's probably the best bet of tomorrow. That that El Salado, but I do really like Bermira, but the price isn't great. I think you're getting what two thirty, two forty yeah. about it. So race five, Packingham tomorrow night. Race five, Packingham El Salado. El Salado. There you go. All right, mate. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, this has Pleasure. been great. Corbs, you got any any final words? Thank you for everything, Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, have a good weekend. We'll uh, be chatting to you. Have a good one, lads. Take it easy. Right. See you, brother.